It's a tough job, but someone had to do it. Author George Lockyer has travelled the length and breadth of the country in pursuit of the classic Kiwi pub. He's pulled his findings together in a new book called Iconic Kiwi Pubs from Manganui to Bluff. The book explores the history of 25 pubs and their place within communities and includes many memorable characters and moments. George is also the author of Kiwi Garages, Kiwis on Harleys and Tales and Trails Down Under. George, good morning. Good morning, Catherine. Do I need to ask the motivation for this book? Perhaps a better question is what was the mission? The mission? um, I suppose the mission was just to discover how pubs are part of our community. And um, I think in these me, 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 times we live in with people being obsessed with social media and addicted to the screens the old-fashioned notion of community seemed to be dying out and i just thought that the local is an integral part of that um and i just wanted to explore it and so what was the mission you gave yourself what were the parameters because there's a few pubs with a few stories in new zealand um well there are no particular parameters catherine um just had to be an interesting pub um Obviously, I didn't discover that in in a lot of cases until I went there, but there were no particular parameters. I suppose just had to be reasonably old um, and recommended by people. A lot of it was word of mouth. People said, oh, you must do this and you must do that and you must do this pub. Yeah, so no particular parameters. So the first one's your local, isn't it? That's not too hard to find. That wasn't, no. That's um, That's about a minute's walk from my house. That wasn't hard to find at all. And tell us a bit more about it. Well, our local is um, obviously part of the community. Uh, it's a very old, very old pub. It's, it's recently changed its name from the Governor's Bay Hotel to the Otoro Miro Hotel. Um, Friday night is a is locals' night, and it's always fantastic to wander up there on a Friday night. You just pop up on your own, and you know you're going to meet people. It very interesting people from. Um, diverse walks of life and you know you're going to have a pint and a good chat yeah and there's just unfortunately not enough locals around so where did you go from there in terms of um tracking down some of these uh, interesting stories you've chosen um uh, to group them from the middle of the south island and then up to the north was that the way your travels unfolded as well no really i mean my travels unfolded Obviously, I couldn't do I couldn't do all the books in just one trip. I just had to. Um, it's a bit of a logistical nightmare, to be honest. I mean, first you have to contact these pubs. First, you have to find out which pubs might be suitable, might be interesting. Then you have to contact them. Then they have to be um, amenable to be in interviewed. Then they have to be in at the same time that you're visiting the area. So, um, like I say, it's just word of mouth. People just suggested pubs and. Um, you you just try and work out some trips and include as many as you can in in each trip. There's an excellent pub book by Peter Jansen, which is very very helpful. Was that highlighted um, the older pubs in the country? Can you introduce us to some of them? The one on the the front page, uh, well known to many who have travelled a certain road in the country, the Fungamamona Hotel. Yeah, that that was a fantastic one. Um, it took me ages to realise how to pronounce it properly, actually. It's the Fongamomana Hotel, and um, that's in Taranaki on the Forgotten World Highway between Stratford and Tamaranui. 
And it's a fascinating place. It's like going back in time, arriving in Fonga. Um, the interesting thing about Fonga was that they declared independence in 1989. And you can get yourself a passport or tourists can get their passport and get it stamped when you visit. Um, at the time, the locals were unhappy with regional boundary uh, changes. Uh, the boundaries were being redrawn and um, they were unhappy with um, with rates uh, and they just decided that we're going to we're going to become a become a republic. Um, they elect a president every year. They've had a variety of presidents over the years. They've had Billy Gumboot the goat. They've had Ty the poodle, or Sir Myrtle the turtle. And when I was there, I um, I was very lucky to meet the president. So um, I stay I stayed the night there, and it's always better when you stay the night at these places because you can come down in the evening, have a beer with the locals. And that's when you get the most interesting stories, of course. So I was having a beer with um, with a shearing gang, actually. And they said to me, uh, you know, what are you doing here? And when I, when I explained that I was doing a book and, and it'd be fantastic to meet the president, they said, oh, the president, yeah, that's our boss. He's over there. So um, I had a beer with the president and he told me um, some, some really hilarious stories about the area. But it's really just a fascinating, a fascinating region. Yeah. So that's one. Uh, and where else should we go on your travels? Um, what are some of the quirkiest stories perhaps you have heard? Quirkier characters? Well, there are some quirky characters every, everywhere, really. Um, Just another, pick one another, or two. Another fascinating pub was uh, formerly the Black Bull Hilton. And I was lucky enough to stay there the night as well. For viewers who don't know, it's on the west coast near the Grey River. Um, it's a coal mining town when the mine closed down in 1964. Now, it was originally called the Dominion Hotel, and it changed its name to the Hilton in 1910 after, after an early manager of the mine. And it took a whole 82 years until 1992 until the global Hilton Hotel chain got wind of the name change and threatened legal action. So um, that's that's when they changed the name to formerly the, uh, the Hilton Hotel, and it was also the centre for the the New Zealand Labour Party. And the Labour Party was actually born here after the Black Ball Miners went on strike in 1908. So are they still getting away with being called formerly the Black Ball Hilton? Yeah, apparently, formally, apparently <laughs> that one word "formally" was was enough to placate the um, the Hilton Hotel guys. Yeah. We'd better go north. How about Dargaville Central Hotel? Now, Dargaville Central Hotel, yeah. Now, that was, um, you know, I mean, some hotels are, are more salubrious than others. Uh, and th- th- this was a um, a family-owned hotel, and they were very much part of the community. Um, and their most interesting story, I suppose, was they, um, lo- like a lot of hotels, they had their resident ghost. And their ghost, they believed, was the ghost of James Carmody who died in a fire in 1900. And um, they've had medium experts out there. And they had a TV program about medium, uh, you know, with mediums trying to hunt down ghosts. They had, um, they set up all their equipment there and they were there for, for weeks and weeks and weeks because um, evidence of the ghost w- w- was so strong, you know, cl- things that go and bump in the night, um, doors slamming, um, yeah, so there are a few of those. Did Carey's Bay, which I think um beautiful part of the um, Otago uh, Harbour and I think also very associated with the wonderful 
writer whose name's just going to come to mind right at this moment. Someone will fill in the gaps for me. Tell me no, a little bit about... It doesn't uh, come to my mind either, sorry. No, no, it'll, it'll come to mind. Um, Ralph Hotri. Uh, of course, painter, oh. uh, primarily, but also uh, a wordsmith, uh, long associated with Carey's Bay. Uh, and actually, I think that pub's on the market at the moment. There you go. There's some breaking news for you. I, I hope I'm not wrong about that. No, uh, your, your producer told me that yesterday. Yes, actually. we keep our eye on the pubs. Um, tell me about it. Uh, does it have a ghost story as well? It does, yep. They're resident ghost. Um, there have been many sightings of an old man dressed in black, um, and they believe that it's the former owner, Benjamin Lightbourne, who died there in the 19th century. And Joe, the owner, um, calls the ghost Benjamin in his honour. Yeah. So um, that, that, that's often an attraction for tourists. You know, they read about these ghosts and they want to go there and, um, and, and experience it. Yeah. Your, um, your, your trip then, did you sort of split it winter, summer? Because you're doing all this by motorbike. You've got to tell us what your bike is, by the way. Um, I did it on my Kawasaki KLR 650, which is the bike I use to ride around Australia for my book, Tales and Trails Down Under. But um, obviously I couldn't I couldn't ride the motorcycle all through the winter just for uh, because of uh, weather conditions. So the summer in the summer months when I did mostly the South Island, I was on my motorcycle. But uh, when I did the North Island, uh, usually my MO was to uh, fly, fly to, say, Auckland or Wellington, hire a car and just um, just ticky-to around. What of the big smoke? Uh, Murphy's Law, Irish Bar in Auckland or the Landing in Auckland. Do these big metro pubs still keep their character in the days of, you know, little plates and craft beer and uh, and all this kind of stuff? You still find plenty of character and characters in the big smoke. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I remember um, the Thistle Inn in Wellington was um, was was quite a, was a very popular one. Lots of the politicians go there because it's not quite it's not very far from from the Beehive. But yeah, they uh, like a lot of them just just are there as a local for the local area in in the big smoke, you know. Because same same thing as in London, where I'm from, um, your local is or each suburb in London is like a little village, you know. So your local is really your local, even even in the big smoke. How many of these publicans have been in business at the one place for a long time? Is it still a lifer's job? No, not really. Um, it just varied, Catherine. Some some were uh, some were very new to it, like the Blacks Hotel in Ofa. The couple had only been there, um, I think, about nine months. Uh, others have been there for a long, long time and loved it so much that they couldn't they couldn't foresee any any alternative, you know. Um, so it just varied, really. And your patrons, because this is another thing I, I, I can think back to pubs where there was kind of one stalwart who uh, possibly spent more time and money there than they ought to have, who who was just kind of always present at the at, at the bar. Do they still have their regulars who you could you know set your clock by? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, some of the most, some of the more um, the more popular ones were uh, one. One was in the Pier Hotel in um, in Kaikoura, and um, this this guy had his own his own bench. Unfortunately, I was there. I wasn't there at the right time because the the, um, the landlady said, "Well, if you if you wait another you know two or three hours, old Jock will be here, and he's been coming in the pub you know for sixty years, and and he can tell you these stories." Uh, other locals I've got a chat to who have been there for ages. Uh, the Eagle Hotel down in Bluff, 
I got to chat to one of the one of the locals who's been coming there all his life, and he was an ex-merchant sailor, and he he told me a few uh, tall tales, some of which um, couldn't go to print, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your next book. Thank you, George. George Lockyer. Uh, his latest book is Iconic Kiwi Pubs from Manganui to Bluff. It's got some uh, photography to accompany it too, so you can be there vicariously. Published by Bateman Books.